BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Good morning, traders and investors. Are you guys ready for another week of pre-market prep? We're back Monday, and it's time to get right back into the markets. We got a lot to talk about. We'll get into, of course, uh, growth versus value. Markets starting to fall from the recent rallies. Problems in Europe. We'll talk about Nord Stream 1. We'll talk about Euro uh, parity. We'll talk about the strong dollar. We'll also talk about inflation expectations in UK. We'll get into some micro news in the Signify Health shares up. Uh, Tesla, FSD, we'll get into the Ape shares. We'll talk a little bit on the House of Dragon debut, crashing HBO. And I don't know if you guys are big Game of Thrones fans. Let us know in the chat. We'll see what's going on. Pen to buy the rest of online gaming partner uh, Barstool Sports. After the close, we get Zoom and Palo Alto and our guest today, of course, Tim Quas, founder and CEO of Market Structure Edge. Let's dive into today's pre-market prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders. I will let you know we do not have Joel this week, so don't go crazy. I know we won't have the Joel Elkanen levels, but we do have Dennis Dick. And that's uh, just as no, good. The only thing is the simple technicals are going to no, be a little no bit No levels harder. here. No uh, levels. I'm about to step up to just, the plate. Just bearish talk. That's all we do. Yeah, the bears are back in town. The bears are back in town. The bears are back in town. This market is starting to show that the bears are back in town. As we get back into the ranges of the price range that we had, I tried to set up my charts a little bit more Joel Alconin-like. So we got the 15 minutes top left, hourly bottom left, monthly bottom right, and daily top right here. So we could also get a little bit more uh into it i can bring up the daily chart we your charts are pretty around. mitch i like your colors of your shirts better we gotta talk to joe about the colors Yours yeah i like the colorful colors. you know what i have um and i use neovest and i've got the colors too and your colors are similar to mine that's probably why i like them 
Yeah, we like that old school charting. Um, yeah, this is TC2000, but uh, we're getting back into this price range. It's interesting to note. Um, and it seems like the RSI called it, so not too bad on the RSI. I wanted to show my main chart here. Look at that turnaround on the RSI. Now we're back down. Where on is the RSI, RSI now? In the middle? 61. It's in the middle. Where and, is the happy spot for the RSI? 50? Okay. Is that like the happy so, spot? So remember, remember what I talked about when I talked when it was up there. I only think RSI has edge in extreme moments, either extreme go. overbought or extreme oversold. That's the only place that I see that there's edge because what you're looking for is essentially a turnaround. Yeah. So what we look for is we look for the turnaround. We don't call it on the RSI. I think that the price action itself will call it. That gives you the conviction. The yeah. only thing that the RSI can give me is leaning towards it being overbought or oversold. Then I look for the price action to match the indicator. That's when you can use it for confirmation and you get what's called po uh, positive confirmation versus negative divergence. That's what you're looking for. If the and, and we did get one day of it where the price went up, but the RSI went down. That shows negative divergence. And that was essentially the top there. The top there was on the 16th. Yeah where we went to the 426, but look at the RSI there. It's 83 versus the prior day where it was at 86. So when RSI goes down and the price action goes up, that shows us negative divergence showing us that a top could be coming because the price action is now no longer following the indicator. There you go. There Boom. you go. There's Two the minutes of education with Money Mitch there teaching about the RSI. Look, look at this book I have, guys. Look, look at, at this, this CMT thing. book. This is no joke, is. man. You read all those pages, man. This look is how no thick joke, that is. man. I put in Holy my time, cow. guys. Uh, that's, that, that, that's that hurt my arm right just there. grabbing that book today. But let's go that's ahead. Beefy. Let's get into the market. Let's take a look out there. Of course, uh, oil up today. You can look at maybe like USO, and we're going to take a look, of course, at Oxy. We'll talk a little bit about Warren Buffett. Maybe we just talk about that off the hop as Oxo Occidental Petroleum gave back a little bit in the pre-market, but up yeah. nearly 10% on we Friday this. with Warren Buffett's yeah. Berkshire Hathaway receiving permissions from regulators to buy up to 50% of the energy producer i think this is something this, that dennis called from the very early on so what do you think now it was dennis? the one oil stock if it was gonna own oil stocks it was gonna be oxy i've owned it i've traded it from the long side every time it gets down to the 58 59 area i was trading it too so just like warren buffett i mean you knew he's bedding it down there and he's probably buying it down there so why not play around with him Obviously, chasing it is a different concern. I mean, people were chasing it on Friday. Well, no, that's a different story. You're way away from the levels that he was buying it at. He was buying it between $56, $60. Every time it's dipping under $60, he's getting down and dirty. Now it's exploded here. Um, I've, I've said before, I think he might buy the whole company. So we'll see where this goes. Obviously, he plans on buying more than 20% here now. Um, but you know, Warren's got the pockets to do it. So I think on pullbacks, I'm still a buyer of Oxy, but I'm not chasing it up 10% from the move on Friday. Honestly, if I was long, I'd probably ring the register into that move just because, boom, they get the 10% move in one day. Everybody gets excited, and this market seems to be one that forgets quickly about a hot story.
Yeah, definitely. I would be a little bit concerned today after that big push. And one of the things that I would point to is if you look at the other oil stocks, it didn't run as much, right? And I think that would that shows you right there that there was definitely more focus on the Warren Buffett oh, uh, Berkshire sure. stock Oxy than there was on all the oil names. And I think it's important to notice because now I'll just go to show you that it wasn't just oil running rampant right it was the catalyst that got it up there so i do agree with you we could get a pullback today in oxy the question is though do we you know has oil and we've come off significantly here and as much as i did not want to own oil stocks two months ago when everybody was jumping in now you've come off on a lot of these oil stocks not oxy but you've come off you know on oil itself and you know i guess in the last week and a half we've started to bounce back up here again but I think on pullbacks here, you know, maybe you do get down and dirty in some oil, pun fully intended. Yeah, I've been watching XOM for a while now. I've been trading it into that 95 multiple times. Now I'm going to actually look for a close above that. We've had multiple times and multiple days last week where we got above it but didn't get that actual close there. You can see XOM closing here at 94.38, but the high was 95.31. On Friday, 95.20. But the close was 94.06. That's what I'm going to be watching today. Can we get into that 95 on XOM and actually hold? That will show me that we want to get back into the trend and start pushing for that 96. They're the only stocks that are really up here today. I'm looking at my screen here. And for the most part, it's just red across the board. It doesn't matter if your value. It doesn't matter if your growth. It's not value versus growth. It's value and growth getting hit here today. It's been just an impressive run with the markets, which is why I've been saying for the last week and a half since the CPI pop up that it's time to start ringing the register. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, am I coming in buying the dip on this? Not yet. I think we're still like, you know, pretty early here. But, you know, am I selling rips still for sure? But I mean, let's go to those growth stocks here for a second here, Mitch. Okay. Um, and we'll get into the other stories as well. But you check yeah, out ARKK. Growth check versus out value. AR- let's talk about ARK. Yeah, check check out ARKK, $53 seven sessions ago, $43 here now. There's a quiet little 18% fall here in the last week and a half, giving back almost half of the move. So, I mean, we came from 35, went to almost 55, actually giving back almost, you know, over half of the move. The problem is now you're breaking trend, you know, and now it's starting to get ugly here again. And now you start thinking, I've been on the book saying back to June that I thought the 2022 low for ARK is in. I still think it is. But obviously, we're going back down to retest. I think you're getting that 35 to 40 area on ARC and these growth stocks. I think you'll find buyers here again. Check out my Square. I'm going to call it Square forever because I hate the name Block. <laughs> um, I just sold this $90, right around 90 91 maybe. It, it was somewhere in there about a week ago because I picked it up. We know we talked about it. I picked nice. it up at 62 or 63 yeah. made 35 or 37% on it in three weeks. I was like, you got to ring the register. We're still in a bear market overall. Got to ring the register on these moves because, look, it's all the way back down to 72. Comes back down to 60, I'll buy it again. Give me another 12 points off. Give me another 10 points off, and I'll start getting interested in square here again. I don't know if it's coming all the way back down there. I'm not sure you're going to get that shot. So I guess if you're really underweight, maybe on some of these growth names, they've really been hammered. I mean, you can say S&Ps are just slightly off the highs, but some of these growth names are significantly off the highs. I mean, square in one, two, three, four, five, six trading sessions – Six trading sessions. I've got a uh, room service apparently here. In six trading <laughs> sessions, we've lost twenty bucks. Okay, I think it's my kit. So no, worries, I'm gonna I'll go answer the door. I got you. 
I got you, Dennis. You just get back when you're ready. No, but yes, definitely seeing that the uh, downturn here in software infrastructure name like Block. I also saw it in software overall. Remember, we saw snow was kind of holding on, but look at the last two days, definitely starting to pull back there. You could take a look at some other ARKK names also. Shopify, look at that downturn, right back down towards the lows. We'll see if the 30s hold on, on Shopify as support. I've been looking to see what happens there on Shopify. Do we get the downturn? You also got Zoom reporting after the close today. We'll see if Zoom takes out uh, the 100 um, right here on the earnings and really holds down there. It just broke through it yesterday, and it got a high there of 100 here on the pre-market. We'll see what happens. Do we get a retrace from these levels? Do we even get back towards that 100? You can see it dropping already in the pre-market as Zoom heads down further. Uh, roadblocks had turned around there coming on down fast too. look at that downturn. Um, so definitely some of these kind of uh, software names, these growth names coming back fast um, coin. Um, also another name that has been turning down fast. We'll see if these can even turn around. Um, a lot of the things that I'm starting to watch is do we get back into some growth? Um, do we get back into some value names after this? Is there rotation? Have you been seeing any rotation from the growth or do you think that it's kind of more the buy the pullback opportunity here as growth starts pulling back? No, oh, it's just been sell on. Like, I mean, it's the first thing. This So if we just take it back and, it, and this is what, you know, traders don't do now. Take a step back and let's look at what has transpired over the last year. You know, you had growth in the beginning of 2021, leading, leading, leading. And then that started selling off even back to February of 2021. And then we obviously really escalated once we got past November and into 2022. You really start, started to see the selling accelerated. So it led. So growth has been leading us and it often does lead. In June, you know, we can look, okay, the S&P, you know, bottomed, yeah, in June. But ARKK bottomed in May. So, I mean, it never made new lows in June. So it was leading here again. So if you're looking at growth as your leader here, this is not good news for the overall market. One and two, stocks, and we've been saying this, are not cheap. They were getting to the point where they were getting fair value there back in June, and they felt oversold. But as much as they got oversold, to your point on the RSI, they got overbought three weeks ago or, 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 week, or week ago. So, you know, if you're chasing in this market, if you're chasing in 2022, you're absolutely doing it backwards. Chasing has not worked in both directions. You, a contrarian, the contrarian trader has had a fantastic year. All the contrarian is, is like buying the dip, selling the rip, shorten the rip, and buying the dip. That's all it is. That is what is working in 2022. Chasing has not worked. So, and chase, and this is this is more typical. Like you, if you just started in 2020, you think you chase stocks, you make money. Remember the story I talked about when I first started trading in 1999? I had this trader beside me and I was learning, you know, I didn't know what I was doing at the Bright Trading Office in Southfield, Michigan. Didn't know what I was doing, but I had this trader beside me and he would just chase everything. He'd jump on, stocks going, he's boom, and he'd lose, and he'd lose. And I was like, holy cow, consistently losing by chasing. And I was learning from his mistakes. And, you know, and then I realized, hey, you can't chase. You got to wait for the next train. You look for the setup before the train leaves the station. But if you're constantly jumping on moving trains, eventually you fall under the tracks and you get hurt pretty bad. It's a tough game to chase. So all I'll say, you know, in, in this market that we're here in 2022, I mean, you're, are we looking to buy the dip? Sure. But let's wait till we get to, you know, consistent levels. You know, even on the S&P, I mean, is this a dip? I, yeah, okay, it's a little bit of a dip. 
And yeah, maybe we find some support at 417 or 418, but we had a really big move here. So, you know, I always like thinking about 50% retracements of moves. So if you go to the SPY, 362 back in June, got up to 426. So I don't know, we can do some rounding and say 40, 60, 70 points on SPY. It's really rounding quickly. Knock off 35. Well, that would bring you right back into like 400 area. S&P. 397. Like not too bad math, Dennis. Yeah. So there you go. 97, <laughs> 400. Round it up to 400. Whenever I get an odd, I don't go to that number. I round it because that's the way yeah. this stuff works. Mental. So you go to the 400. So that would be the next level where if I really, you know, was, you know, convinced that, no, the borrowed bottoms and we're turning around, that's where I'd probably start actively buying stocks here again. So I think you could be 3 4% early here if you're coming in here right now. Again, it's your own, it's your own you know, personal situation. Maybe you're 100% cash. Maybe you, you know, really missed out. You had some FOMO going. You're getting a little bit of a dip. There is some opportunity in some stocks here. I'm not going to argue. At least if you're buying now, at least you are buying a dip as opposed to a week ago buying the top. So I won't argue with that. But at the same time, I'm still holding off. I'm 49% cash in the long-term portfolio here again. Back in June, you know, I obviously, you know, brought it up and I started buying risk assets and I got down, it was, I think, as low as 27 or 28 at the very lowest of cash, never going 100% fully in. And the trading, I've been biased to the long side. Now I'm biasing my trading to the short side. It came in short here today, getting paid for it. I've moved to market neutral here for the day because I think we've already had a big bulk part of the move. But I mean, those little biases can sometimes help you, even if you're market neutral trading. All right. Now let's take a look at another situation that's building up and a lot of talk of the narrative starting to go into more and more talk of deglobalization. And so pay attention to that as we continue to hear the narrative move further. I'm going to start that narrative. I mean, I'm seeing very, very like it's definitely not being talked about in the major media. There's little pockets of this. We talked about globalization for years. I'm going to start talking today about deglobalization because i think mitch i think we're at a point here where we've got to like stop the dependence on Mm -hmm. china stop the dependence and the chips act is a move to deglobalization i think you're going to see more of this because the world is becoming divided and maybe we're going to go back full on to globalization maybe everybody's going to make amends and everybody's going to be friends again but from what i can see happening from a geopolitical point of view is the world is becoming divided and what that means is that, you know, obviously we're very dependent. We need to start producing more things in North America. We need to start bringing back jobs over here. Obviously, you know, know, that's always been the goal. The biggest problem is, is that things can be made very cheap in China. So we need to get away from that. And that's going to be painful. And this can bring us into so many different conversations. I mean, if we are really starting to move towards more deglobalization, Prices are going to go up because we cannot make things as cheap as they can in China. We cannot produce them nearly as cheap because our labor rates are just significantly higher. So, you know, what does that mean for stocks? If we start to move to deglobalization, holy cow. That means more problems? Yeah, the stocks, it's not good for companies. Deglobalization is not good for companies. It might be good for us as, you know, being, you know, and I think in the the long run, I think we'd be better off because we wouldn't be so dependent. I mean, and I don't know if you're in Canada right now, I'm not sure if this is going to show up in the U.S. here eventually, but right now you're in Canada, you can't get any junior Advil, you can't get any junior Tylenol, it's all off the shelves, it's all either sold out or you have to have prescription for it now. Why is that? Because the main ingredient in Advil Tylenol is made in Wuhan and we can't get it. 
So I think you're going to start seeing that happen over, you know, maybe in the U.S., maybe there's more supply. You said you're not seeing that in the stores yet. But yeah. I have completely empty shelves on Junior Advil, Junior Tunnel. Kind of concerning because my kid's going back to school. Yeah. Advil and Tunnel, they live on that in September because they all cough on each other and get each other sick. Can't get it. Got to have a prescription, even if you can get it with a prescription. So there's going to be little product shortages that are going to continue to happen here. Advil Tunnel is a big one. That sounds scary. But we're just so dependent on China. We need to get away from that dependence on other countries and start producing stuff over here. But that's going to be a hell of a lot more expensive. Yeah, it's something definitely to keep on watch. Um, I think this is just um, more further down the line in Europe, right? I mean, I think they're getting more of the pressure, right, in the situation, especially when it comes into natural gas. Let's talk a little bit about the problems that we're starting to see in Europe. Um, so gas flows, of course, natural gas, uh, gas flows from Nord Stream 1 pipeline will be suspended for a three-day period in August 31st to September 2nd. Um, a lot of concerns are wondering, does it even come back online? Of course, the question always comes into play when they shut it down. What will happen? Will Russia strong arm some more? So, of course, you're seeing UNG taking off here. Yeah. And look at this chart. This was one that I'm... This is one of those opportunities I'm definitely kicking myself that I missed out on. Um, but I was looking for UNG and natural gas to get strong going into winter. Of course, more concerns as we get closer and closer as those furnace have to be turned on. Well, that's um, the scary thing. You're getting the price spike in the summer, which typically you don't see. The seasonality play, we obviously had our, our educational event with Rob Friesen who talks uh -huh. seasonality as well. UNG is more of a wintertime thing, or at least, you know, late fall thing. So you're getting this run-up ahead of that, and that's scary in itself. I mean, Chenier Energy, LNG, is probably your best play if you're just looking at the stocks, if you don't like trading the UNG. I mean, stocks making new all-time highs. LNG is right here this morning making new all-time highs. There's not a lot of stocks, even the oil stocks, that are making new all-time highs because oil's come off significantly, but not LNG. I mean, this stock has just been a monster. Yeah. Um, you look at where it where it was, you know, 2018, 2019, 60, 70. We have had this incredible run, and it really hasn't pulled back at all. If you can show the chart on LNG, Mitch. Um, That's yeah. been so absolutely. I, as, as I talk about it, he's got it. Look at this move here. You know, in the last year and a half, this is just straight up. And something obviously moves with the price of natural gas. So, you know, you put the natural gas on the same chart, and you'll just see, obviously, this moves a, a more because the beta is higher because it's trading off of it. Um but it's been an impressive move for LNG. Something to keep on watch is this situation. Does it continue to push? Will there be a complete shutdown of Nord Stream 1? That will really start causing more of a Europe crisis. Um, a lot of concern here, especially for Germany, as they're still dependent on that energy. This is more talks, of course, what Dennis talked about there with going into deglobalization. Now, it's a scary of, thought. I mean, I'm so, and I, I just want to stay on the top yeah. for a bit because I think we're going to be talking about it more and more. As um, it keeps unless we up. plan on everybody kissing and making up here. Um, I think, you know, like I think the Tunnel and Advil thing is just an example of things to come. That, you know, everybody says, oh yeah, the supply chain is good now. You know, we're getting back to normal. I think the supply chain is going to get absolutely hammered. I think we're going to have sh product shortages across the board on a lot of different things. I think it's going to be the way China punishes us for everything, you know, for the China, for obviously the Pelosi visit, for all that. I think that's how it's going to show up. So um, people say, why would they do that? They tank their own economy. Their economy's already got troubles going on here, the Chinese yeah. economy. We know, like, think about it. 
they've you know tanked their own stocks for for years they don't care you know yeah. that, that that's the one thing about you know china is they haven't cared about you know their public companies so they're not going to care if they're tanking their own economy either just to make a point they won't care there's a reason you know why china is massively underperforming the market here as well it hasn't even participated you know talk about fxi this has not participated in the huge run that we had from June and July, it's went the opposite direction. Alibaba is sitting down here in the 80s, near the lows. You think about the incredible run we have had. These Chinese stocks are not participating. There's a reason for that. So I don't know. They couldn't go up when the good times were rolling here in the last six weeks. What's going to happen if the bad times start to roll? So it's tough to be an investor there, but it's not only that. It starts to, you know, come and spill over. I mean, you think about your your iPhones, you know, and your production and so how much stuff is made over in China and parts nope. coming from there. And if there is an eventual invasion of Taiwan, what does that mean for everything? The risk out here is substantial for the stock market. Substantial. Yeah. We've had such an incredible run. I just think if you've been all in and you were puking your guts out back in June, what an opportunity to just lighten up a little bit. Does this start to hurt the chip makers and the semiconductor stocks? That's what I'm starting to really focus on. And uh, so dependent on Taiwan Semiconductor. I mean, if you get an invasion, Mitch, and we've talked about this, and it might happen, it might not happen, but it's not off the table. I don't even know what that means. There's a chip in everything. We bought a fan. We have a fan in our covered porch. And I'm like, you watch, you press on, and then it figures itself out. I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's not even a normal fan. There's a chip in the fan. It's a really cool fan. But there's a chip in the fan now. There's a chip in everything. There's just nope. literally all your products coming in, chip in everything. And, I mean, China wants control of that. So, yeah. and it's all coming from Taiwan Semiconductor. So, the CHIPS Act is a great thing, but it's going to take time. So, and deglobalization, if we start to move away from this dependence on China, it's going to take time. And it's going to be painful in the short term. And it's going to be price, and it's going to be inflationary, which we could go into Europe. You know, the talk, maybe that yeah, takes us into a natural transition it. into Europe here this morning, where they're talking about 18% inflation. I mean, this is not going away. We're not going back to 2% inflation anytime soon, unless everybody kisses and makes up. I think we got some problems ahead. Yeah, the latest, uh, this coming from a note from City, our latest estimate updated for, for the further 25% and 7% rally in UK gas and electri- electricity prices last week points to further upside shift in UK inflation. We now expect CPI inflation to peak at over 18% in January. Of course, they just oh came out gosh. with recent CPI that was at 11%. And the kind of the Bank of England was looking at 13% probably being the peak. And here's City saying, no, we see 18% in January. That's crazy. When you think about like 18% inflation, what does that mean for your average citizen? And the one thing here we can say, oh, eight and a half, but we know the way they calculate it is flawed in so many different ways that we know we're running in the mid-teens here as well. It's it hurts so much like the rich. And we were talking about this in the pre pre market show, Mitch, you know, in the high end products, you're not seeing the demand destruction. And that's because the rich people are still rich. The inflation is, you know, going to hit them and they're pissed off. They're paying those prices, but they can afford to pay those prices. The, the, it's the little guy that's now racking up credit card debt, which we see in the statistics. It's the little guy that's going to stop taking, you know, the little vacations. But it's the little guy that really drives this economy. 
You know, there's and, and, and so many different businesses, maybe not your high end businesses, but in your average, you know, restaurant, you know, it, it, sure, there's, there's some rich people going and eating, but you can't just rely on the rich people to keep moving your economy around and, and along. You've got to rely on everyone. And it's just, you know, we can say, oh, yeah, zero percent inflation in July. Well, that was from month over month, a year over year, eight and a half still. So, you know, that's just a lie in itself. So I'm just looking at the situation. You're looking at this, looking at potential deglobalization. You're like, how in the hell are prices going back down to 2% a year? They're not. And if stock, like right, right now, you know what people would pay for Advil and Tylenol that's not on the shelf or the junior Advil and Tylenol? They would pay twice as much because they can't get it. So that's just one product just getting started. I think the party is just getting started on product shortages, and I'm really fearful for the supply chain. Yeah, it's something that I want to keep on watching um, with the credit issues. Uh, one area that I'm watching is stocks like uh, Affirm. Uh, these came out of the pandemic and I feel like, and I've said it, I've been on, uh, I, it's nothing that I'm trying to say bad about Affirm, but I really don't see this company surviving through this period. We'll see what happens there. It's hard turnaround uh, really from the tough. top there at yeah. the 40s. It's a it's hard call, by, but it's, it's run by a good, you know, and, and it's, I think the management's fine on this. I think it's yeah. just buy, I, buy now, my, pay later. Equals the consumer concern never. is more yeah, than the you're, you're in the eye of the storm, Mitch, to your point. If, you know, if we're getting strapped, we're strapping the consumer. This affirm is something that's in the eye of the storm. And I yep. think it's wow. At four days, it just went from 40 to 30. Like you can tell how risky these stocks are. It's like, oh yeah, we're back 40. We're going to go eventually back to 160. Well, we're not. We're not doing that. 30. Could it go to 20? Could it go to 10? Could it go under? It could, Mitch. I'm not saying, we're not saying it's going to, but it's not off the table. So, and not talking all, we've got to sell everything. The end of the world is coming here. It's just, you know, I'm looking at the situation saying stock market trading 20 times earnings uh, and all this stuff's happening here. Man, I just think it's been a gift the last couple of weeks, a gift. Yep. Do want to put on the radar that later this week, of course, we'll get the Jackson Hole Symposium offering Fed Chair Jay Powell a chance to reinforce the central bank's hawkish message. Of course, Powell speaking at the conference at 10 a.m. Eastern on Friday. So stay tuned. Of course, this is at the end of the week, but it is something that you're going to hear about talked often is what will be the Fed's talk going into that uh, the Jackson Hole Symposium. Just keep it on watch. We'll see what they talk about. All right, let's go towards the next one. We talked about Oxy already, so let's go to Signify Health Shares as those are up as SGFY. Um, you guys can see this big pop there, and it started, uh, of course, what a potential bidding war as the Wall Street Journal reports that Amazon is among the potential bidders for the healthcare company. A potential bidding war now starts between Amazon and United Health, as they said wow. to be among the bidders. Also... Wall Street Journal had previously reported that CVS was eyeing Signify. Yes. So there you guys are seeing this. Um, this is helping Kathy today. I just want to let you guys know this is in the ARKK. So if you see ARKK, maybe have a little bit of lift. It could be because of her shares in Signify. Um, but we'll see what happens with this situation. What do you feel about this, Dennis? Um, we're, there's enough rumors here now where there's smoke, there's probably fire here. I mean, obviously we're hearing from the Wall Street Journal, I believe it was back on August, uh, well, you can see the gap up in the charts, probably August the 5th or August the 6th when the stock went from $19 yeah. up to 23. And then people start to forget about it and kind of come back and then boom, you get news over the weekend that Amazon or UNH or somebody else might be a potential suitor as well here. So um, you know, am I chasing something up 39% on a rumor? Never. 
but you know sometimes people forget and sometimes things start to leak and then you start to get interested again so i would put it on the watch list and if for whatever reason nothing materializes in the next couple of weeks and the stock starts to leak back and you can get it down in the low 20s again that's maybe when you strike otherwise i've missed it all right resistance is what i'll give here uh there's 3089 up there right into the 30s there's some big resistance on the monthlies that's from the left that from a period that it had between I would say it's March 2021st all the way until when it cracked in, uh, actually it cracked in September last year, 21. So we'll see if it gets back up there uh, into the 30s. There's some resistance, not something that I would be playing today, but something to keep on watch. One Can of the things that we have it? been seeing oh, more is, is some acquisitions in this area. So continue to maybe see some of that talk. That's not going to stop. I mean, healthcare, I mean, obviously you got the aging population. There's a lot of reasons why you know, a company are interested in healthcare companies. Um, let's talk the AMC. Let's obviously. go into it. The apes, the apes want to know what is going on out there. Of course, the apes units were announced as a special dividend for class A common stockholders. Yep. Uh, AMC isn't down uh, significantly today. Um, even though you're seeing that down price action, what is that coming from? Of course, it's coming from the move here that what is it doing is for one of each share of AMC's outstanding common stock. Now you're getting five, uh, you're getting one ape unit. And so they're issuing they five. Yeah. APE is the ticker. Um, and so a 517 million ape units, one for each share of outstanding common stock. Of course, this is coming from, if you had the stock on August 15th, um, and it's to be paid after hours last Friday, and now you're seeing it down there. Um, now we'll see how it recovers, right? The first price action brought it down there towards a low of 9.98. Will it get back there? I think that was a quick sweep down. I don't know if you, you got any actual readings down there, um, but there was very low volume, of course. Now we're going to keep watch to see if it can get back. I would say above 13 today is the level that I'd be watching, but the meme stocks have turned around significantly and really yeah fast. the stocks are a lot of these are broken here now but again to to mitch's point it's not down 38 percent because you're getting it's the not. ape here today which is going to start trading i believe here today as well obviously the units are being issued it is not trade this point if you bring up ape there's no volume yeah i don't yet. even get it yet it's supposed to start trading here today so i don't know what time that's going to be sometimes this is new york stock exchange listing sometimes these things take a long time to open but obviously you're getting that. So that's what this price adjustment is happening here this morning. But with that being said, Bed Bath & Beyond has broken the mean stocks, at least temporarily here. Maybe they're going to get some love here again eventually. But I mean, when you get BBBY, which are all into from $30 to 9 bucks in four trading sessions, <laughs> it's spooking them all. GameStop, obviously awful day for it. Tried to come back a little bit on Friday, but you know, in three days, it's down from 45 to 33 here now. And then you get the AMC flush um there is great support at 10 again you almost have to adjust it's it's kind of disingenuous to say oh yeah it's back down near the lows because there's been obviously a spinoff here of you know uh, of these units so the price is significantly higher than what's being reflected today because of you're getting those units yeah it's something to keep on watch we'll see how it bounces back and during the intraday of course all the apes will be watching it as they saw their shares change up they're probably looking down what happened there well like always, uh, you have to know and stay up with the news. Now, one thing that uh, CEO Adam Aaron is calling the move, perhaps the single biggest action we will take in all of 2022 to fundamentally strengthen AMC for the long term. 
It's interesting. We'll see what happens. All right. Uh, we're, we're still waiting on Tim. Tim should be here in just a couple of moments. Oh, gosh. We'll get he's into late. Market he's never Structure late. Monday. Um, let me make sure that he got my email, but let's keep going. Let's go towards. Uh, let's he must have heard Joel's on vacation. And we know nobody, you know, Tim and Joel, these guys know how to vacation. So he must be like, wow, it's time for me to vacation then, too. So no. Tim hopefully will be here soon. I'll give you my bushwhackers if he shows up. What do you think about uh, WBD's House of Dragon? Are you a. Uh... Game of Thrones Water Brothers? Are you a Game oh, of Thrones gosh. fan? No, I'm not. I need to watch that, though. Everybody talks about it so much. I need to watch that. Well, the is this house what's is... driving the bus on Friday in WBD yeah. is the show? Yeah, exactly. The show was yeah. coming out. It was uh, giving that nice little lift. Um, something that we'll keep on watch is if this can continue the strength. Of course, the House of Dragon debuting uh, over the weekend. And it actually crashed HBO Max for thousands. Really? So I don't know if this is actually going to be a positive driver or a negative driver. But just shows that a lot of people wanted to watch it. That does that does show that at least. Um, but something that we'll keep on watch. Does WBD eventually get some lift? But well, well, and I just want to say something about WBD yeah. too. You're at, you know, one thing is this has been the dog of all dogs, and obviously this came, you know, the spinoff from AT and T. It's been a dog. But with that being said, mm-hmm. you put a double bottom at twelve seventy six and twelve eighty two. I like the t- I like the bar on Friday. It was an ugly day for a lot of stocks on Friday. I like that candle. Um, I think I actually would buy the pullback on this and I would stop myself out at the 1276 low. So if I was buying this today, which I don't know if I'm going to have no position, freely talk about it here because I have no position, but I'm thinking about it. Um, you know, I, I kind of like that, you know, but today is a very important day for it. So you need to see it get back up and show strength here again. It was good news, you know, that had a nice run on Friday and it is oversold. So maybe that double bottom is going to hold. I like it when I have a double bottom to lean on. I like it when I get a candle that's trying to get up on a bad tape. So maybe this is the pullback with the overall market. And maybe if it can get back up uh, above 1375, maybe that's the thing to do is wait till it gets above 1375. And then maybe you can make a run for 15 again. So there is a trade potentially in here, though. I, I honestly like it the way you said it right there. The, the above the thirteen seventy five. Above the thirteen seventy five is more interesting. Looking yeah. for the move to fourteen and let it play out here and, and catch that bid and just start giving you that strong drive up. It's not a bad stock to go off of. And one of the most important thing here is right is what Dennis always says: you have your out plan, and that would yeah. be the important defined part. Defined risk. We like defined risk. All right, well, it's time to go into everybody's favorite time, Market Structure Mondays. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming, I wish I'd used Indeed. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility all at Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P. Just go to Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Tim Quas, welcome back on. Let's go ahead. We don't got Joel. We can keep dancing today. Let's go. We've got the ape dance going on here, Tim. It's the ape dance. We're all getting our shares of APE. It's Marty here at Free Market Proud. Tim Quas is here. He's not on vacation like Joel Alconan. We love Tim Quas, and we love to know what market structure Edge is looking at this morning. Well, good to see you. Thank you very much for the ape dance. That's a, <laughs> that's an added bonus. <laughs> that it is. I'll tell you, it's uh, it's pretty interesting th- th- that uh, you can have five and a half billion dollars of debt and issue a preferred that would be senior to equity holders <laughs> if the company files for bankruptcy. I'm talking about AMC, and yep, and yep. you know I don't know if you saw, but uh, I think it's important to know traders and I, that, not that you i don't put a lot of stock in these sorts of things but it's i mean you should you should always be aware of what's going on around you and uh cinemark's parent filed it, was, it hasn't but confirmed that they're considering file filing for bankruptcy yeah yeah and so i think it's no. you know you should always think about that if then suddenly somebody else in the same space offers a a convertible that would be senior to your equity position on the heels of that, I would consider that as a red flag. Right. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so we're. Well, I didn't mean to to, to dive off into uh, meme world right off the bat. Well, let's talk hey. meme world here just for yeah. a second mm-hmm. because it was driving the bus early last week until Cohen steered the bus right off the cliff. Really, is what happened here. Mm-hmm. Triple B Y was rocking and rolling when we were at this time last Monday breaking out, made new highs on, I believe it was Tuesday, or, or it was Wednesday, actually, to $30 a share. And just as quickly as it went up, it's very rare to see them come down even quicker. But it did. It took two days. I'm totally yeah. driven by Ryan Cohen. We're at $9.14 on Bed Bath & Beyond. Can you quickly do the market structure on Triple BY? Yeah, and I think it's a perfect juxtaposition, Dennis. So, so traders, the, the, what you see on your screen here from from uh, Dennis and Mitch is this is you know this is what everybody is looking at, and and the good news is you can all look at the patterns and understand historically what those patterns may mean. The bad news is you have no idea what's behind it. What kind of supply demand balance is there? Uh, how how much? Fake liquidity has been created. And I don't mean to be derogatory there. When I say fake liquidity, it's important to understand that firms 
who are going to be on the other side of your trades. If you're trading options in that stock or if you're uh, trading the equity, you're gonna, you're, there are going to be firms like uh, Susquehanna, SIG, uh, which, by the, by the way, in 2020, SIG, and I'm, I'm a huge fan of Jeff Yass and his, his secretive team at SIG in Ballakinwood, Pennsylvania. They, they were behind 25% of options contract volume in 2020 which would be, so that's 1.8 billion contracts. And if doing the math on that, you could say it's, it's the equivalent of 1.8 trillion shares of stock. They're going to be very aware of supply and demand. And so this is why this matters. And it's how you could dovetail these things. Look at your charts, look at your candlesticks, then look at supply and demand, because that is what will determine your risk. And you want, as Dennis said, defined risk. This is a great way to define your risk. And I'm going to show you what I mean. So I had WBD up. By the way, quick aside here on WBD. Yeah. I'm, I, it, there's only one good thing about this. Yeah. If you were going to buy this stock, you would buy it back here when demand surged and supply dipped. That's yeah. the time. And I would immediately be out as soon as supply surges. Right now, it's a one, meaning there is insufficient demand to lift the price. So if the price rises, the only reason it's rising is because there's also a supply deficit, but that doesn't stick. So beware of your risk. If you're going to trade WBD, uh, you should be in and out in a very short time frame because there is significant risk that this will deteriorate. Uh, there's no assurance that we will return to this, which right into options expirations was a pretty good trade. So let's look at uh, BBBY. In fact, maybe we should just look at the whole meme stock set. Yeah, do I it. think this is this is very helpful to understand about supply and demand. Yeah, deep in the market structure edge <laughs> platform. I like this, it. The, and you can look at anything. You can look at the supply and demand in anything from gamers to gold to healthcare to, you know, I look at large tech. Uh, it's not how I trade. I trade, I either trade big and stable stuff or momentum stuff. That's it. And it's uh, pretty easy to isolate that. In fact, we'll come around to this in a moment because I think it's a key tell about where the market is. Here are meme stocks. I've got 17 in it. Let me zoom this in a little bit. So uh, the, the chief sector in the memes is consumer discretionary. The lead behavior has been passive. That's going to be quants. Quants have a lot better data than you do. So you have to be aware of the risk. And look at the supply-demand equation. Here is demand. And again, what you want to buy is diverging supply and demand. So right at the beginning of August was a great time. Demand was surging above five, excess demand, and there was a supply deficit. And that was when those stocks boomed. Yeah. Now, demand is beginning to fade. It's still above five. It doesn't mean they're about to fall apart in toto. But look at the supply side. When the demand and supply sides converge, you should be out. That it's don't worry, don't look back and say, Oh, I could have made another five percent. That is your signal to be out, it's that simple. So, then let's go look at uh BBBY in, in context here. Let me zoom this back out a little bit. So, the, you know, the good news is BBBY is at the, the it is at the extreme level, it's 10 out of 10, strong demand. But, but uh, look at the supply side, 54% short. There's Best Buy, by the way, 67% short. Um, Sava, 53%. Marin Software, 52%. Let's look at Bed Bath & Beyond supply demand. And it will always tell you when you should leave. It's not going to be perfect, but you need a good, clear reason to do what you do. 
So, Tim, look can at I this. just stop you for a yes. second? Because um, yes. just to explain to newer listeners, because they'll okay. look at this and say, oh, you're saying 55%. But, but that's not short interest you're talking. You're talking short volume. Can you just explain the difference for our listeners? Thank you for doing that, Dennis. Yeah. So everybody looks at short interest, which is a percentage of the total shares out or the float that has been borrowed, sold, and not yet covered. And then we measure that as a, as a percentage or days to cover. How long would it take if you looked at overall trading volume and 100% of that to close out that position? Well, it's a 1974 measure created by the Federal Reserve, not the SEC or FINRA, to monitor the use of margin accounts after we left the, do- the gold standard in 1971. So financial asset volatility exploded. And it, by the way, that's not a great... Uh, inflation comparative to today. Our inflation today is far worse than then in context, because what we did was clip the balloon loose from the gold that moored it. You would, of course, have inflation. We shouldn't have it now because all currencies float in tandem. So we're destroying purchasing power. So it's much worse in some sense. But that is a 1974 measure. It's not useful in a market that is not, is 100% electronic and call it 96 to 97% algorithmic. That's the reality. Short volume is the percentage of daily trading coming from borrowed or I'll just say create. It's just borrowed. It's borrowed stock. The, yeah. the, the thing is the market makers borrow it without having to find it. So Citadel, Virtu, Hudson River Trading, so on. I saw Virtu in, in Austin last week. Had a great, you know, I love Virtu. They're, you know, they're good friends of ours. I'm not knocking it. They just, you just have to, and they're very good at market mechanics. They're going to know. SIG, Susquehanna International Group got very wealthy. You know, the Jeff Yass ranks, ranks 184th on the Forbes richest list. And how did he do that? He's very good at market mechanics and probabilities. That's what he's good at. Same with Jane Street. They made $7 billion in 2020, trading $17 trillion worth of market cap so or, or uh, market volume. So short interest is an old measure. Short volume will tell us about supply and demand. And when it surges above the trend line, we know that shares are being created to fill retail trades. Well, that's going to go away. And when it does, the price goes down. So when you see that happen, if, you've, if we've hit 10 out of 10 here in demand, very strong demand, but then supply surges, you should be smarter than everybody else, folks, and get out. Sure, it might go up more, but it could, you could lose all that. What good is a big gain if it vanishes before you depart? It doesn't do you any good. So just take the money, you know, Steve Miller time, go on, take the money and run. So I'd look at this and say, high short volume, well above trend, demand that's been at 10 all the way across here. And it's it, we, this is options expirations. We've come out of expirations from last week and today new options trade. Well, that's, what, that's how Susquehanna made all its money. They have much better information about the supply demand equation in options. And they don't really care whether the market is rising or falling. They will make money both directions. And that's how you can see futures drop. They're going to read the the supply-demand data, and they're going to move the market in the direction of pressure. So you should know that, traders. So would you be in BBBY? No. You don't want to trade meme stocks till all your money is gone. It's not a a good strategy. (laughs) You can trade them. You can trade them. Look, it's 33% intraday volatility in BBBY. That's very dangerous. Cassava. Danger, danger. You could trade it. I trade them occasionally, but only, only 
when the supply demand equation is in my favor and I'm not about to get chop blocked by options expirations that I can't see who's on the other side. Just beware of those things, folks. And uh, let's just jump into the opposite end of the spectrum. If you're not trading memes, you know, maybe you're into the mega caps. Let's go to the biggest one of them all, Apple, because they're asking to see the market structure on that. I'm curious as well. I've been saying and, and running the bear thesis here that I believe Apple is overbought. I'm trading 26 times earnings. You know, I'm kind of like the fundamental technical trader stuff. But let's see what the market structure says here because it's a whole different angle to look at on AAPL. And so here you can see it's the, the great thing about Apple over the last, this will be a uh, 30, day, 30 trading day view. So uh, it's been above five the entire time. So this green part of the graph, if you haven't seen this before, it's an algorithm that tells us about demand. It assesses trade executions. And so those trade executions are driven by different purposes and time horizons. Some of them are very long term. Some of them are very short term. And they all have the capacity to set price. You cannot construe trading by Citadel at all as noise. It's not noise. It's quantitative investment with a very short time horizon. So the good news is very strong demand. And this is price. And price has risen the whole time. And notice the, the, the trend line on supply. If demand is above five and the supply trend is down, what is price likely to do? Rise. And it really rose here. There are two points where it rose. Supply deficiency, price rises. Supply deficiency, price rises. Now, there's still very good demand. You're right, Dennis. It's overbought. It is. And supply is above trend. There's nothing here telling me that Apple's about to fall apart. But that is an exit signal, particularly into options expirations. If you're arriving at options expirations, 20% of market cap rests on these things. It's a big deal. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you see demand is 10 out of 10, but supply begins to rise over trend. Well, just take your money off the table. You can always come back on the other side. Doesn't matter what you pay for something so long as you sell it for a better price. That's all that matters. And so it's not bad, Dennis. It's just, uh, it's it's this is a long time to have excess demand. And it so, tends to be So maybe it's a ring still is a ring the register opportunity here in Apple. Possibly. Possibly. Yeah. I would leave. I would have been out I would have been out Wednesday last week when vo- when VIX volatility measures expired. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now what what stocks do you like here, Tim Quaster? What stocks do you own now that you can maybe let us know? Well, I'll tell you, this is there's some fascin to me, fascinating data in the marketplace. So we put we put this big and stable portfolio uh, at Edge. For Edge users, the Edge bomb knows this. We put this on everybody's portfolio, and we say when that number rises to double digits, we know that the market is beginning to turn back to a, a place where big, big, the big institutional money is going to look for low volatility shelter. And I talked all week about J&J. Uh, I, I mentioned it on my, last Monday in the Market Desk note to folks. And J&J did a did, very well last week. It's a great thing to own in these kinds of markets. Uh, the interesting thing is I'm going to scroll a little bit to give you the other side, and I want to come back and I'll show you two things that maybe have uh, opportunity. I still want to wait through today and tomorrow. Tomorrow's what we call Counterparty Tuesday. All the banks will square the books on the stuff that expired last week and the new stuff that trades today. And there'll be winners and losers. So you get past that, then you have an idea that you, then you don't have the turbulence from all that stuff going on. But if I look at here's it here's tech, demand side beginning to fade, supply side rising. I'm out of tech. 
right? That's the, what it's telling you, momentum trades. So a week ago, there were 36 in this. Today, there are six. Momentum trades done. Now is not the time to trade momentum. And so when momentum is down, to, and it just vanished like that. Yeah, liquid up. Liquid up was 160 a week ago. Three now. Wow. Liquid stocks that have rising demand have vanished from the market. Well, that's a clanging klaxon, traders, that that's not the place to be. If you're going to trade anything, at least for a few days until the data tell us otherwise, and for edge users, our time frames are short. It's a matter of a few days. Not because I like it. It's because it's how the market works. And so mm -hmm. we have to trade the market the way that it works. So J&J &J is at the very top of the list. To me, it's not... I would, it's not my first choice right now, and here's why. So here's why you buy J&J. See how that demand is right at five, right at the fulcrum. It's a teeter-totter that doesn't move. So then if the supply side declines, price rises. So the last five trading days, J&J was a great place to be. This uptick in supply, not great to me. I would probably go to Humana, uh, maybe T-Mobile, see these? To, but it will tell you. The, the, you don't have to think about it. You don't have to hunt. The math will hunt around and give you the things that are the best places to be when the markets turn volatile. If the Dow's going to be down. I'm not saying it will, but if it's down 500 points today, possible, uh, you will want to be in these, not in Apple. That's a fact. Yeah, yeah, because they're defensive, and you know yep. it's not a coincidence <clears> that these start to come up. Um, you know, these start names start to show a little bit more life here in the last week because the market has started to roll over. So, yep. Um, yep. you know, I, I've said before, the market gets really, really ugly in the case of June, and then they start selling everything. But normal markets, defensive stocks actually can catch a bit in, in declining markets. And there's a clear reason why, traders. So large institutional investors, well, we all do it. I have managed accounts that do this too. When, when the market becomes turbulent, the managers will say, well, we want to shift things into stable blue chips with limited volatility. Well, that's what we're going to see. Yeah. So we're just going where there will be excess demand or insufficient supply, one of the two, because that will help prices. You just want to be where things that help prices are going to be. That's all. Rotation station. And now we're going to watch to see what happens here. And I think one of the best ways to keep up with it, of course, is Market Structure Edge. You guys can check it out. You can get your free week, uh, two-week trial, right? I think I believe two, so. Two-week yeah. two trial. And we're, we're going to move that. So here's I'm breaking some news on uh -oh. a pre-market prep. There we go. So we're, we're in the process of moving that to a 30-day trial. Nice. There are reasons. There are reasons for it, and I'll tell you about that uh, when I can tell you about it. But uh, we're going to do that. We'll give you a full 30 days. It takes a little time to learn market structure, but it works. I mean, if it's working for Jeff Yass, uh, and it's working for Jane Street, and Infinium, and GTS, and Citadel, and Virtue, and Hudson River Trading, and Quant Lab, Ed Barsage has uh, uh, passed away, but they, he made billions of dollars understanding market mechanics. Well, there must be something to that, right? So this is what it does. Hey, well, thank you, like always, Tim Quas for Market Structure Mondays, and we'll keep watching and have you on uh, some other shows later in the week. So check out Tim Quas whenever he's on. I'm off to Vail. We have a team retreat. Vail. Uh, oh, gosh, he yeah. is going on vacation. Well, Tim. Tim, the making noon. me jealous. I'm, so I'm on the right jealous. team here. They did a we're golf so outing, jealous. not Vail. Hey, use Edge, and you can hang out in Vail as well. I want to. <laughs> well, Dennis, we're right, some edge. We gotta go get some edge. <laughs> Have, <laughs> Have a good week, one, guys. Tim. Take See care. You.
All right, let's go ahead. Let's keep going here. But Dennis, I don't know what we're doing, man. We got to get better on the vacation game. <laughs> Me and you, man. We don't take any vacation. What are we doing? We got to live a little bit more here. Vacation. I'm not to start. I don't even have anything lined up. Joel's like but... got you know three more vacations before I even line one up. Hey, well, we're doing let's it take wrong, a look. Mitch. We're doing it wrong. Yeah. Let's take a look at the overall market. How are we trading on the action? Uh, let me make sure this one's on the 15 minute. There you guys see it. Uh, looks like we're just going sideways right now. And there's not yeah, much change chilling. since 4 a.m. Just kind of uncertainty going into the open, right? I mean. It, this is also why I'm such an overnight trader. You know, people ask, because I used to be, if you look at the first 10 years of my day trading career, I was strictly intraday out of all positions by four o'clock. And now I've changed and I change over. And, and the reason I've changed to being overnight in the last 10 years is because the big moves happen overnight. So, you know, you get, you know, the inefficiencies, you get the price discovery, you get, you know, where you can extract some alpha from this market, as opposed to just middle of the day and just chopping around and chopping you up. You know, you have a little bias to the short side. I, you know, I love my two-day move. We had a little bit of an ugly option expiration, some stocks leaking there on Friday. And we get the follow-through here today. So, you know, now it's time if you got short-term, book in your profits on, you know, the overnight shorts and then reassess again, you know, always reassessing the risk. But, you know, the big reason I moved to overnight trading was just for the simple reason is that there's bigger moves overnight. All right, let's go towards here. Uh, Tesla now, I want to take a look here as they're uh, raising their price for their FSD, the driver assistance system. Uh, FSD currently costs about 12000 um, with subscriptions. If you... You can either take a full price of twelve thousand, or you can take a subscription for the one hundred and ninety-nine dollars per month. Um, and now they're going to go ahead and increase that to fifteen thousand straight up um, from the twelve thousand on September fifth. FSD beta users are supposed to obtain a high safety score from Tesla to get and maintain access to the system. And it's something to watch, of course, increasing that price. And what is this coming from? Of course, they're trying to finish and, and get this down pack, the FSD, and try to beat some of the LiDAR systems for autonomous use. Let me know in the chat if you guys use the FSD. Um, this is interesting. What, do you think it'll affect the price there? Um, I, I don't know. I, I think it's just, I don't think so. I think it's just down because the market's down. It's got the beta. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit bigger than the market. It seems right spot on with where it should be. If you're looking at the S and P's trading down 50 points. So I think they're kind of just, you know, just moving with the overall market. One thing I will say about Tesla, and I said this earlier in the show and you said it as well. I mean this, you know, typically it's people who are more well off there buying Tesla. So you're not going to see the type of demand destruction that maybe you see in some of the smaller ticket, you know, car producers there because these are higher ticket cars. So it's upscale. The rich people are still rich. You know, even though they're fighting inflation and not joint paying the prices, they're still rich still for these cars. I don't anticipate having the demand destruction in a Tesla as you would in maybe some of the other automakers. But with that being said, it's been a big run for the other automakers, too. I mean, I just think like General Motors set up there. Ford looks toppy to me. I mean, we've just had such a run here, even in Tesla. We've had a pretty good run here as well. We were talking about the stock at 626, got up to 900, talking about a stock going up, you know, 45% in a matter of six weeks. What do you want? These are huge moves. So I think I'm still selling rips in all these stocks. We'll see if Tesla retraces, you know, I have drawn that retrace from the kind of the bottom of that move up there towards the high um, and we can pull it back just a tiny bit there. And it pulls us into a 50% just underneath 810. So um, we'll number. see if we get back there towards the 810. Right now, support near that 850 
We've seen it hold multiple times, multiple days where it held there. That's going to be the next level I'd watch for. And then I'd watch for that move towards A10. We'll see what happens in Jeff, Tesla. Jeff making a good point in the chat. Three for one stock split coming this week too. Sometimes you see the run up ahead of that. So I'd be cautious being short this stock coming into a split. Yeah, I, I mean, it ran up into the vote. And so I don't know if that was kind of more the run into the vote. And now the split is more the news event. So the, the rumor into the news, but... We'll see what happens there in Tesla, of course. I think this is also going to drive the other automakers. Look at Ford recently when that Tesla turned around, Ford turning around, GM. Well, the Ford run's been ridiculous. This has been a really big move. I mean, and people are coming here and buying Ford now. Where were you six, eight weeks ago? The analysts are coming and upgrading it now. We're chasing price. $11 to $16 is a quiet little 45% move. It's been a good run. I mean, yeah, maybe momentum's turning. Maybe you're a momentum trader. And maybe we're just going back to business as usual. But again, I don't think we're V-bottoming. I think there's a lot of concerns here. I think the market is proving me right. I think it was a week early, but I think the market is starting to prove me right here. So I think I'm selling rallies on all this stuff. Aren't you usually early, Dennis? I think I've I'm said always that early. So whenever I say something, <laughs> wait a week. <laughs> no, honestly, I'm always I, early. I think I think I've noticed I'm thinking, that. But again, it's better to be early than late. Yes. Now that is certainly because I mean, late you miss completely, and then you don't even have a chance. Early, you you can wait for it. You can look for the price action to match what you're thinking about. That's what I think is an important thing: the the positive or negative divergence there with your own thinking and the price action that you're seeing. Um, let's go ahead. Let's get into some, let's do a little bit of ticker time. I, I think we can, can do one or two minutes. We're at nine Oh two. We're getting over time here. Yeah. You see what happens when, when I run We're the show, I, I, we, I try yeah. to get a little extra time here. Uh, definitely throw up a stock guys. You guys got one chance. Who's going to be the first one up there. I'll take a look at what stock gets thrown on up, but uh, I'm the first stock be... that comes after Jay Rice message right now. First stock. We're gonna yeah. Get let's it. see who gets first it. First one. Who's going to do it. Ticker time. First stock. Spy level for me to watch today is four it's seventeen zoom. It's into zoom. that. Dino wants zoom. Zoom. It's zoom. Well, that's important because Zoom is reporting after the bell today, and you also got Palo Alto reporting after the bell today. So keep these ones on your radar. Zoom for a little while there had like kind of this inverse head and shoulders. It rejected the move right here on this rejection of one twenty, and it's come down fast since then. It's looking like it wants to come back for these lows here. I'd be watching to try to take out this daily low here. That's at 94.64. So hard to trade anything technically when it's going to report earnings tonight. Yeah. So you almost, you know, can't throw technicals out because obviously if they beat, you know, and it's got, you know, good numbers, then it's going to pop up. So um, it's difficult to give a technical trade on something. So maybe we should do another one that doesn't report tonight so we can actually talk a stock technically because right, I don't like do, trading uh... anything right ahead of the report. Like He's the monkey pox stock. <laughs> what are you doing monkey with pox? Uh, Siga. Oh, we have talked that one for a while. S-I-G-A. Where is it? I haven't looked at it for a while either. Yeah, wow, these up. things have popped up a lot too. Oh man, this has had such a run. And I mean, it's monkey pox. You know, is it going to be the next big pandemic here? And we're going to all be scared to go outside for fear of getting monkey pox. I don't think so. I think it's a little, you know, I, I think it's probably, but who knows? These things can continue for a while. So tough stocks, man. These are giving us tough, tough stocks here this morning. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's going to be headline driven. 
What I'd point to is this was a nice little setup when it was in here, when it was holding sideways consolidation, popped up through that zone, held it, popped up. Now I see more of a head and shoulders outlook, at least for my outlook here on the 15 minute. You see the head up here, you see the shoulders. So it looks like if it breaks through the neckline, let's say through that 22 and really cracks down to 21, I would start seeing the price action reverse. But that's just going off of a short term price action there of a head and shoulders. If it can hold this 22 and still get back up there to 24, it's still within the price range to continue the trend. We'll see what happens on this one. Uh, another thing that you could do what on just happened with oil. Oil. We uh, just oil is trading up all morning. We just rolled over here in the last couple minutes on oil, and we're now trading heavily in the red. So I'm not uh, sure if something was sad, if OPEC said something, but that's a pretty you know bring it up right now, Mitch. Just bring up USO if you want. Maybe it's yeah, the best I'll go ahead. It. I'll do it if you want to just see it quickly here. I mean, intraday chart. Bring up the intraday here, and you can just see there the it last is. That's the 15 minutes. minutes. Yeah, we just rolled over. So we were trading up all morning on oil, and it just got hammered here. So I think somebody said something because we just saw USO fall buck. So right, just then. heads up on those oil stocks that were looking strong this morning. They all of a sudden all just turned, turned and looking the other way. Something that we'll keep on watch. I'll make sure that I get you guys that headline on live trading. I'm going to get Dennis on out of here. Have a good trading day, Dennis, and we'll See keep it match. going. Everyone Take care. chat. All right, guys, I'm going to go ahead and wrap on up. Bring us over to live trading action. That's where we're going next here. Uh, we're going to go get you guys on over to live trading. That's going to be up next. Don't miss it, guys. I want to see you guys make it on over to live trading. We've been doing really well. We got Zunaid, Ryan, and I. And we'll go over, of course, what just happened in oil stocks. We'll use Benzinga Pro. So get on over there, guys, and check out Benzinga Pro. All you got to do is go to pro.benzinga.com. And if you haven't gone to our website and checked out the pre-market prep area, I would definitely recommend you do that because it gives you a lot of the top gainers, top movers, top headlines to catch. Go ahead and check that out. That's on Benzinga.com. And you'll see right at the top, pre-market. Go towards that and you'll get you right into our pre-market prep section. I'll see you guys a little bit later on live trading. Let's go ahead. Let's get it started and smash the like up before you get on out of here. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 
91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 